Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. ASB Classic Tournament Director Nico Lamprin joins us this afternoon. Nico, congratulations on another successful tournament. You were you were quite effusive, 9 out of 10. How did you rate it 9 out of 10? Um, I think it, it was uh, it was very different from last year. I mean, the, probably the first reason was, was the weather. Um, the fact that we've been able to play every single session in front of the crowd, which was very different from last year when 40% of the, of the sessions had to be cancelled. Um, I think we had also some high-quality matches. Uh, WK week was really special. Mm. Um, you know, three games that, that I still have in mind is Svitolina Bosniaki, then Svitolina uh, Raducanu, and also the, fin- the final between Coco and, and Elina was really, really high level. Um, and the men's week, you know, we, we were sold out most days as well. So um, obviously not the final that we were expecting, but still a, a really good result in the end. Yeah, is it harder to get bigger names for the men's than it is for the women's? Because if you were to look at the men's week in a whole, it sort of lacked a bit of razzmatazz. I think it, you know, it's always challenging to have a tournament the week before Grand Slam. Um, if you look at the list in Adelaide, which was competing against us uh, last week, they were not... Uh, no top 10 players, so the top 10 players decided not to play that week. But I still feel the, the names that we had had more uh, you know, marketing power than the ones in Adelaide. So, you know, all in all, I think we, we did pretty well with our, with our player field. There's, some, there's a lot of talk about this new WTA rule about top 10 players. Does that upset you in trying to create a really good tournament that has a history of bringing top 10 players and, and real names? I think the real frustration comes from the fact that the, the players want to come. Uh, you know, we could probably have three to four top 10 every year if, if the rules uh, were to allow us to, to, to do so. Um, it's not the case these days, but it's, it might change in the future. There's a lot of discussions about you know, merging ATP and WTA. Uh, surely, from uh, from a commercial point of view, at this point, but you know, down the road, it could also be from from a tour point of view, and and they would, you know, potentially need to to align the rules. So I, I don't think these restrictions will, will stay in place forever. Do you, does it change if you were to upgrade yourself? I mean, you're a you're a two fifty tournament. Uh, if you were to go to a, a five hundred, does that change the rules? Yeah, all, all these restrictions will be lifted if we were to upgrade to a 500. Um, the, the problem is the, the conditions to upgrade 
are uh, are difficult for us for for our model. We would need to pay um, five million US dollars as an upgrade fee wow. and, and increase the price money by uh, by three times what we're paying now. So from a numbers perspective, it, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, which is why we still need to, um, you know, continue to lobby the WTA with all the other tournaments and make sure we can lift some of the, the restrictions. Do you believe a merger genuinely would be good for the game as a whole globally? I think so. I think, um, you know, the, the too many entities in, in tennis, uh, you know, the Grand Slams, um, the ATP, the WTA, the ITF, uh, it's a very fragmented market, and I believe the sport is suffering from it in terms of um, uh, in terms of revenue. Um, so I would very much be in favour of you know having the ATP and WTA pulling their rights together and, and building a, a stronger product. Nico, do you believe men's tennis is lacking personality? No, I don't think so. Um, you know, we, we're going through a, a transition. Um, you know, it's, it's, you know, Federer retired. Uh, Rafa, we're not quite sure yet. And, and Novak is still there. But I think with the likes of, you know, Carlos Alcaraz and, and Yannick Sinner coming up, um, I still believe tennis is in, in, in a pretty good shape. Um, you know, we also have some strong characters like, you know, Olga Rune. It's going to take some time for the, for the public to get used to them because, you know, we, we've had... Nadal and Djokovic for 20 years yeah. um, but I still believe um, the, 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 the tennis you know, tennis is still an, an attractive sport But we are craving for rivalries and I think that's something that I think we are now lacking at this point in time Well I think the, the Alcaraz-Sina is probably the, the next big one to be uh, they've had a, a couple of epic matches last year and I believe this will continue in the future um, and again, there will be some more talents that we, we're not aware of today, uh, which will arrive in, in the next few years. I want to come back to the idea of, of how hard it is to, to run a tournament like the Classic, and particularly coming out of COVID. From a sponsorship perspective, how tough is it in a, in a, in a small market? I mean, it, it's been one of the, the nicest surprises. Um, you know, we, we did extremely well last year. And, and we've done even better this year. So, um, you know, we've hit the, the highest numbers in terms of sponsorship that the, the tournament has ever seen. Um, I still believe that there is potential for growth. And the good thing is, you know, the ASB Classic as a product is, is a really, really attractive one. It's a unique event. Uh, it's 13 days. Um, you know, we, we can have near close to 100,000 uh, people over the two weeks. So it's, it's not, you can't compare it to anything else in New Zealand. It's always when you have years like we've just been through where the weather's fine and it's all good that the, the talk about a, a complex that has a roof or partial roof comes, goes away. But do you believe for the future success and sustainability of the tournament, it's got to happen sooner rather than later, and the talking's got to stop. Yeah, I, I don't think that conversation will go away. Um, you know, we're very much aware that this year was, was probably an exception in terms of, of the weather that we've had. Um, it's not just about the roof, but it's about uh, upgrading the, the, the facility. Uh, you know, along with the roof also goes the, uh, the redevelopment of the, uh, the Robinson stand. Mm. 
which needs to happen because we, we, we still need to increase the, the capacity of the stadium to uh, be in line with the uh, ATP requirements and, and, and the new standards. Um, so it's clearly a conversation that, that is on the agenda. Um, we've got some designs. Uh, there's a lot of work to be done on, on the funding part in the next 12 months. And hopefully we can, uh, we can move into a construction mode uh, after the 25 edition. Do you, do you think it would help if it became a multi-purpose stadium or is that a no-go as far as you're concerned? I think we need to be a, a multi-purpose stadium. Um, you know, if we grade the, the infrastructure, uh, it would be a waste not to use it for, for other events. Uh, you know, we have a, a letter of support from uh, Basketball New Zealand who, who told us that they would be keen to, to stage some games. Um, I know netball is interested also. There could also be some, uh, some, uh, some boxing and, and potentially some concerts. There's clearly a need for a, a smaller uh, indoor venue in Auckland, um, which is slightly smaller than Sparks, because Sparks yeah. is great, but it's expensive for, for some of the, the, the national associations. So, you know, we, we're trying to uh, bring together all, all these, uh, these people to the party and, and, and see how we can move forward. So with that in mind, you're talking fully covered, not partially covered, if you want to have those other sports. Uh, we're, st- we're still talking partially covered. That's, that's still the, the, the model which is looked at. So you're in Melbourne now for the first major of the year. Uh, do you start talking about the next year and start talking to players now, or are you there just to enjoy? Well, it's... it's a little bit too early to start talking about next year because you know, <laughs> clearly the, the players have, have a, a full season ahead of them and, and, and they want to focus on the, on the first Grand Slam of the season. But I think it's a, it's a good time to reflect on, on the last two weeks, you know, sit down with the players and the agents, uh, trying to get as much as, uh, feedback as possible. And then the, those discussions about next year will probably um, start around May, yeah, May probably at the French Open. Um, but also at the same time, you know, it's good to see how um, the Australian Open is, is evolving every year. Uh, I mean, it's amazing the amount of changes that they, they can bring from, from one year to the next one. If there was one change that you would like to make at the Classic, without the roof coming into the conversation, what would it be? Um, it's actually two changes that I would love to make. Uh, I would like to increase the, the capacity of the stadium and also increase the, the size of the court. Um, I believe center court, we're still within the, uh, the rules, but we could do with a bit more space, just the way the game is changing and the fact that the, the, the players are standing so far back behind the baseline now. Uh, it would really help us if, if we, could, uh, we could increase the size. Didn't even see that one coming, but I've been watching some of the Open, and I understand completely. Have you been amazed how much quicker and how much uh, more agile the men's uh, players at the moment? Yeah, I mean the way the way the game is, is, is evolving is, uh, you know, it, it's mind blowing. The, the the power, the agility, the the speed. Um, you know, I, I was reflecting on the on, on the semi-final results, which we're not expecting, for example. But it really shows you that if you're 5% below your normal level um, against any opponent in the in the top 100 now, you you, you cannot win the match. So the, the margin is very, very slim because everybody's improved. 
Um, and that's really something that the, the, the players need, need to bear in mind when, when they play anyone on tour now. Well, you could look at that opening round match with Novak Djokovic against Prisic and go, that's exactly what you're talking about. But is, is Sinner the only guy that can beat Djokovic? No, I don't think so. Um, I think Alcaraz can beat Djokovic. Uh, Medvedev beat him before. Um, but again, as Novak said, I, I believe his, his biggest opponent is himself these days. <laughs> yeah. um, and, you know, he's probably right when he says so. Yeah, and it is what it is. It's just, it's just a marvel to watch. Uh, Nico, thanks so much for your time. Enjoy Melbourne, mate. Have a bit of a break. Thanks very much. Thank you.